Welcome into Access Health. So glad to have you along. I'm Brandon Dixon alongside Dr. Brian Force, the president and founder of Access Healthcare. We're going to be discussing all sorts of health topics that are important to you. Also, ways to stay healthy and reduce costs for healthcare. For this week's show and the topic that we're going to be discussing, we now turn it on over to Dr. Brian Forrest. Welcome to Access Health Radio. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and today we're going to be discussing high blood pressure and why what you don't know can actually kill you. We have some acknowledgments first. We'd like to acknowledge the companies that support our wonderful program. Thanks to Marley Drug and Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They make many common generic medications available through a national mail order uh, at costs that are much lower than often even the big box pharmacies can provide. You can check them out at marleydrug.com. So let's start with uh, hypertension here. How bad of a problem is high blood pressure in North Carolina? Well, Brandon, in North Carolina, hypertension, uh, or more commonly called high blood pressure, is the number one factor contributing to heart attacks and stroke. Heart disease is the second leading cause of death in North Carolina, and stroke is the fourth. Cardiovascular disease costs the state almost $6 billion annually just in hospital charges. And North Carolina is actually a little worse than, than the rest of the country. You know, in North Carolina, 36%, over a third of males in North Carolina have high blood pressure. And as many as half of them don't know it. And even in the female population, uh, as many as 35% have high blood pressure as compared to the national average of only 29%. So this is a question that I think many of us have. What should your goal be for blood pressure? Well, this is a confusing uh, topic many times, even amongst uh, physicians. But generally, what you should expect is that your blood pressure should be less than 140 for the top number and 90 for the bottom number. Uh, we call the top number systolic. That's actually the pressure when your heart is squeezing blood into your arteries. And the bottom number is sort of that cruise blood pressure. That's sort of the pressure between those heartbeats. If you have diabetes, though, many experts recommend a slightly lower number for the diastolic with the American Diabetes Association saying maybe that number should be 80 to 90. And there's also a recommendation from the last report of the JNC-8, which is a research group on blood pressure, that said that for people over 60 years of age, getting blood pressure down to less than 150 over 90 was probably okay. However, Recent data has shown in, in a new trial called the SPRINT trial that is a difference of as little as 10 points of reducing blood pressure can cut your risk of stroke in half. So in that study, they looked at people that were over 60 years old, and they found that getting those patients to a level of 120s versus 130s was enough to actually cut risk of stroke in half and significantly reduce your risk of heart failure. What are some of the common medications that are used for high blood pressure? There are four classes of blood pressure medication that have been shown by multiple studies to be safe and effective as initial medications, and these uh, cannot, for people that can't control that with lifestyle changes. The first family of medicines are called ARBs. Uh, these medications generally have the lowest side effects of any blood pressure medications, and that is the reason I often choose them first with my patients. They can also help prevent diabetes, prevent heart failure, and also prevent kidney damage, as well as reduce gout attacks in patients that have that disease. Most people cannot even tell when they're on ARBs that they're taking the medication, and there's numerous versions of these that are only around $5 a month as generics. 
The second family are called ACE inhibitors. They also have very few side effects, but they can occasionally give people a dry cough. And sometimes people can have a dangerous reaction called angioedema, where their lips and face can swell up, very similar to an anaphylactic type reaction. And these are uh, also very inexpensive and can usually be found for under $5 a month. The third group of medications are called diuretics. Most people know about these. Uh, they can be used with ACEs or ARBs, and when you do that, it actually reduces the side effect of the diuretics. They do have more side effects than some of the other medications. They can lead to low potassium, uh, increased blood sugar, and can increase your risk of a gout attack, but they're probably the least expensive medication that we use for high blood pressure. And the last class that's approved as sort of initial therapy for hypertension or high blood pressure are called calcium channel blockers. And amlodipine is sort of the classic calcium channel blocker. They're very effective for blood pressure and also very inexpensive. They do have a common side effect, especially if you use them by themselves, which is that they can cause people's ankles to swell. Coming up in just moments here on Access Health, we'll tell you how you can lower your blood pressure without medication. Welcome back to Access Health here on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Brandon Dixon alongside Dr. Brian Forst, the president and founder of Access Healthcare. We've been discussing blood pressure. And Dr. Forrest, I know this is something that's probably on a lot of people's minds. What are some ways that people can lower their blood pressure without using medication? Well, Brandon, I think you're right. I think a lot of people want to avoid medication as much as they can. And in fact, even though I'm a medical doctor, I encourage that as well for people not to take medication unless they actually need it. So there are a lot of things that we can do that can really help bring blood pressure down without having to be on medication. Now, the thing you get the most bang for your buck out of is losing weight. And it's been shown that for every pound you lose, you can actually reduce your blood pressure one to two points. So imagine if you have blood pressure that's 15 points high and you lose 15 pounds, it's very likely that your blood pressure may actually get to goal without medication. Another thing that's interesting about that is that's as effective as a single medication because most blood pressure medications only reduce uh, systolic blood pressure about 15 points. So you definitely get the biggest bang for your buck out of simply losing weight. And it doesn't really matter the time course for that. I always encourage people to make it at least one pound per month. But again, for that first 10 pounds, you're going to get a really nice decrease in your blood pressure. And that's been shown in multiple studies. The second thing people can do, and, and some of our listeners may be familiar with this, is called the DASH diet. And the DASH diet is something that can lower blood pressure by itself. This is not a diet of things to avoid. This is a diet of things to eat. So these are foods that you can eat uh, without medication that can actually reduce your blood pressure between 8 and 14 points. So it's really nice to know that you can actually go out there and find foods at the grocery store that you could take home and eat that could actually work as well as a prescription medication. So the DASH diet is important. We'll cover a little bit more on that in a second. Uh, the next thing that can help is is being active, you know, having some aerobic activity. We generally have sort of an exercise prescription for people of about 150 minutes per week divided into at least two to three days. And we know that if you get your heart rate up enough, that basically it makes it so it's difficult to have a conversation with somebody without being slightly out of breath. And you do that for 150 minutes a week, 
that can actually reduce your blood pressure four to nine points. So that's really impressive. What's also important, Brandon, is that as you add these up, they're additive. So if you lose weight, you follow the DASH diet, you do aerobic activity, you know, you're looking at the same type of effect you might have with two or three blood pressure medications. Uh, now, the next one is one that I know people have heard about, and it's watching the sodium in your diet. And there's been some controversy about this because they did some studies on people that ate really low-sodium diets and actually found they had some more health problems than people that ate just a little bit more. But what we do know is that if you eat less than 2.4 grams of sodium per day, you can look forward to dropping your blood pressure on average between 2 and 8 millimeters for that top systolic number. The next thing is sort of alcohol. Now, alcohol that's less than two drinks per day doesn't seem to have a, a major impact on blood pressure. Uh, but you're talking about two to four millimeters per day for people that, that drink alcohol in, a, in an amount less than uh, two drinks per day. So that does contribute. And one of the things I want the, the audience to think about is if you take everything we just talked about, you're looking at the equivalent of 25 to 30 points of blood pressure points, you can decrease yourself simply by doing these things and following this without ever taking any medication. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to your whole life go without medication, but it's a good goal to have if you can do it. You mentioned the DASH diet as one of those ways that we can lower our blood pressure without medication. Can you fill us in on what the DASH diet is? Yeah, the DASH diet stands for, it's an acronym that stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension or DASH. And essentially what it is, is the things that you always knew were healthy for you. So if you actually incorporate lots of fruits and vegetables into your diet, preferably five servings a day, if you have some dairy, preferably low-fat dairy in your diet, and then you eat a diet that's rich in potassium. Now, it's very important that this potassium in your diet come from natural forms. Uh, also, calcium. These minerals are very important to reduce uh, hypertension in the DASH diet. However, they've done studies where they had people just take the supplements of the minerals and not actually eat the foods, and that didn't improve their blood pressure. So it's very important that to get those minerals and to get the benefits from the DASH diet that you actually seek out the fruits and vegetables and the foods that you can uh, do for that. There actually is a website that you can check for more information on that, which is nhlbi.nih.gov, which has information about the DASH diet. It's a New Year's resolution for many. I think most of us out there are trying to manage or lose weight, but just how important is weight loss? Well, again, as we mentioned when we're talking about the list of things you can do, weight loss is truly the most important thing you can do in terms of uh, getting decreases in your blood pressure that are significant and almost fairly, fairly quick. Uh, so really small changes in weight make a big difference. But you want to make your goals attainable. You know, often we have people who their, their goal is to lose 20 pounds in a week. And, and that's just not going to happen. It's also not sustainable. So you have to have a goal for weight loss that's attainable. Generally, I'll tell people, a lot of people can do at least one to two pounds per month. Some people can do as much as two pounds per week and, and keep that weight off. But the key is, is that whatever you do, you make it something you're going to be able to sustain, not just a crash diet that you're going to do for two weeks and then sort of give up on it. And you need to weigh daily. A lot of times people uh, are concerned about their weight and it can discourage them when they get on the scale and see a slightly higher number uh, from day to day. But it really helps to sort of keep in mind, you know, what the effectiveness of your diet is and how you're doing with that. So I do encourage people to weigh, weigh daily. And weight loss is probably the single most important thing you can do to reduce your blood pressure. 
one of the many things that we like to do here on the show is offer some tips each and every week. And so for today's tip, we'll turn it on over to Dr. Brian Forrest. Well, Brandon, this week, the uh, tip of the week is no surprise. It's uh, related to blood pressure. And there's a couple of key points that we really want the audience to understand about blood pressure and how important it is. First of all, you've got to know your number. If you don't have a blood pressure, if you haven't measured it and you don't know where you are, then you really have nowhere to start. Uh, One of the mistakes that people make is they'll check their blood pressure at a local pharmacy in one of those automatic machines. And if they get a number that they think is pretty good, they think that's an accurate number. Well, we know for a fact, after having talked to some of those pharmacies, that they don't calibrate those machines often and that the cuffs are meant to be universal, which means they can be up to 20 points off. And so you have to be careful about just relying on blood pressure uh, readings that you get at places like the mall or places like uh, pharmacies and things like that. So first of all, you've got to know the number. Now, once you've got a good number, which really should be obtained by an automatic machine, turns out automatic machines are actually significantly more accurate than taking a manual blood pressure for multiple reasons. If you're taking it that way, you need to have been seated for at least five minutes. You need to not have your legs crossed not have had any caffeine, not have smoked a cigarette in the last 30 minutes. So there's a lot of things you need to do to get an accurate blood pressure. And then once you get that number, just just to have one thing that's really easy to remember, you want to make sure that number is less than 140. So if the top number on that blood pressure is less than 140, then generally you're in pretty good shape. But if it's not less than 140, you really have to do something about it. A lot of people know that blood pressure is important But did they know it's the single biggest predictor of having a stroke, heart attack, or heart failure? These are common conditions people have. And I I know people have asked me before, they're like, Doc, I'd really love to, more than anything with my health, make sure I don't have a stroke and end up in a nursing home or disabled or something like that from some type of event. What's the best thing I can do? And sometimes they say, well, is it cholesterol? Is it my blood sugar? Is it my weight? And I always, without hesitation, say the most important thing you can do to prevent strokes, heart attacks, and heart failure is to make sure your blood pressure is always under 140. And then, you know, people have kidney disease, and people wonder about what causes kidney disease. Well, there are lots of causes medically. However, one of the number one causes of people ending up on dialysis is actually people who've had uncontrolled hypertension. And that's one thing we really want to take care of. I think if you only had to do one thing to keep your brain and heart healthy, keeping your blood pressure under that 140 number is important. Now, here's the other thing that happens all the time. Now, you know, we do lots of health fairs and we go out to community events and we measure blood pressures. And very often people will get a number and they'll say, well, you know, it's okay that it's high, that it's 150 or 160 because I'm on medication. My doctor already has me on medication. He knows I have high blood pressure. And I tell them, no, it's not okay. You know, if you're on medication and you're still not meeting that goal, if your blood pressure is still not less than 140, then you either need to talk to your doctor about how they can alter your regimen to make sure they get it to goal, or maybe you need to look another doctor. But it's very important that you get your blood pressure less than 140, and it's something you don't want to settle for. Um, the other thing is, in terms of timing, you can't let your blood pressure be high for long. So make sure you get it less than 140 and don't settle for less. Before the break, we had mentioned that we would discuss some things that can raise your blood pressure that might surprise our listeners. So what are some of those? 
Well, there's quite a list, and some of these are really going to surprise people. Uh, others people may have heard of before. So one example are the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents like Advil and Aleve. These are more commonly known as ibuprofen and naproxen, and they can raise blood pressure. So they do decrease blood flow to the kidneys, and they can raise blood pressure. Now, taking them temporarily is okay to do, but it's important if you're getting your blood pressure treated or measured that you tell the physician or the person taking your blood pressure that you have been taking those. And ideally, you would not take any medications like that within eight hours of having your blood pressure checked. Now, the next one is something that's very common. It's not necessarily, you know, reason, of course, for people to stop their medication, but oral contraceptives and birth control pills can raise blood pressure depending on the various hormones. So different, different oral contraceptives have different levels of hormones, but some of the ones with higher doses of certain hormones can significantly raise your blood pressure. So you need to make sure if you've had problems like that, that whoever's prescribing those for you is aware of what blood pressure readings you're getting. Another thing that's, that's common are diet pills. Now, these diet pills aren't necessarily prescription, but they can be things that you get at health food stores, uh, things you can buy at the supermarket, and they often contain stimulants that can raise blood pressure. Uh, decongestants are another concern. If you have normal blood pressure or it's controlled, taking decongestants like pseudoephedrine is fine, and it's safe in those people. But if you have high blood pressure, you really have to watch out. Now, here's the big surprise. Uh, licorice. Yes, licorice can be dangerous. Uh, there's a natural compound in licorice that can raise blood pressure. Even small amounts may not matter, but I've actually known a patient who had to be hospitalized after eating an entire bag of licorice, so watch out. And the very last one that can be a surprise is an uh, herbal supplement called ephedra. Common herbal name is mahuang, and it's found in supplements from health food stores and advertised for suppressing appetite and increasing metabolism, so be careful of those as well. Coming up in just moments here on Access Health, how President Nixon ties into high blood pressure. Welcome back to Access Health. I'm Brandon Dixon along with Dr. Brian Forrest. And as we mentioned before the break, our health trivia of the week. Take it away. So, Brandon, uh, the thing about uh, President Nixon that people are probably wondering is, did he do anything good during his presidency? Well, regardless of all the bad things, President Nixon did one good thing. He actually helped the treatment of high blood pressure by, by actually making it a public health issue and facilitating something called the JNC panel to study it. So before the 1960s, many physicians thought that a blood pressure of up to 200 for the top number was okay. And since the 60s, we've seen deaths from high blood pressure uh, cut dramatically as a result of the work for the JNC. So one good thing, at least, that we know uh, Nixon contributed to. All right, Dr. Forrest, what are some final thoughts for this week's show? Okay, Brandon, well, we've talked a lot today about uh, high blood pressure and how it can be a silent killer. If you don't know what your blood pressure is, that doesn't make it any less deadly. Some of the key points to take away from today is that you want to make sure that top number for your blood pressure is less than 140. You want to make sure that you do everything you can in terms of diet and exercise and lifestyle to get your blood pressure down, including some of the points we talked about, like the DASH diet and weight loss. So it's very important that you know that number. It's important that you get it treated and that you not settle for any less than 140 for your top number. And much of what we've talked about today, you know, relies on people doing a lot of their own doctoring. It relies on them making active steps in terms of their lifestyle that they can do to bring their blood pressure down. And although I'm a doctor of medicine, as I always say, I tell my patients if I had my preferences, they wouldn't take any medicine at all. 
Uh, and as I say on the show, our bodies have a great capacity to heal themselves. They are created in that way, as the Bible says in Psalms 139.14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health. For more information on today's topics, go to accesshealthradio.com.